2: hobby of mine. Well, well, actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah.
0: From Hollywood, it's time now for...
3: Honey Dollar.
2: Leave the gun. Take the
1: cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting.
3: Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents... The Best in Classic Radio. This hour on Hollywood 360 will continue our celebration of Thanksgiving as Honest Harold directs and stars in a Thanksgiving play on the Harold Perry Show from 1950. Then there's only one turkey left. The Aldrich and Brown families want it on part one of the Aldrich family from 1952. With me to help present these radio classics is my co host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hi, Carl. Are you ready for the Harold Perry show? I love the Thanksgiving theme. Yeah, you know what happened? Harold Perry was starring as Throck Morton P. Gildersleeve on The Great Gildersleeve. And in 1950, he decided, I'm going to leave this show and I'm going to start a different show. And he did. He started a show called The Harold Perry Show. Unfortunately, it bombed. It's only on the air one season. I guess he made the wrong decision. He kind of made the wrong decision there. But we have an episode for you from this series, and it's all about Thanksgiving. Let's go back to November twenty second, 1950, for part one of The Harold Perry Show.
0: The Harold Perry Show. (laughs) (laughs) And now, Harold Perry as Honest Harold, the homemaker. Well, the talk of Melrose Springs this week is the big Thanksgiving play, The Courtship of Miles Standish, which is to be given at the local high school. The director and star of this epic drama is none other than the Orson Welles of Melrose Springs, Honest Harold. Right now, we find our impresario at home having a, a costume
4: fitting for his role of John Alden. Uh, almost through, Mother uh, Just a minute, Harold You know, I think these old blue serge trousers are going to make fine knee breeches. Oh, I guess so little tight, but I'll take it easy when I bow <laughs> Hold still now I'll just pin these pants up uh, Put a pin in front Yeah And a pin in back. <clears throat> Watch it, Mother <laughs> I just know the play will be wonderful with my son directing it and
5: starring in it. Uh, thank you, Mother. I also rewrote it a little, too.
4: Oh, you did? Yeah.
5: My boss, Stanley Peabody, is playing Miles Standish. I cut his part way down.
4: <laughs> Carol.
5: And I build up my part of John Alden a little bit. You know, Theodora, the new dancing teacher, is playing Priscilla.
4: Oh, yes.
5: She's very pretty. Uh, she sure is. I wrote some additional dialogue for my scene with her
4: Additional dialogue?
5: Yeah, I put in a few
4: kisses (laughs) (laughs) Well, better get
6: dressed
5: and get right down to Theodora's Dancing Academy There's a rehearsal call for our love scene this morning There is? Yeah, I just called it (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah (laughs) I'll see you later, Mother (laughs) Uh, uh, Theodora Gosh, I'm glad she came into my life Rehearsing with her is going to be lots of fun I'll make this one of those real kisses. The kind of would cost you two dollars in a taxi cab.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> yoo
7: Theodora! Oh, hello, Angel Kay. Hello.
6: <laughs>
7: How's little old curly lashes today? Curly lashes? <laughs> it was nice of you to come and see your little Theodora.
5: Well, of course, this is strictly business, Theodora. I came over to rehearse the play. Let's get down to kissing. Uh, business.
7: All righty.
5: Uh, of course, I made a few little changes in our scene. The way I got it now, Priscilla and John Allen are sitting on the sofa.
7: Sofa. Mm-hmm. Oh, clever, clever
2: boy. <laughs>
5: I thought so. <laughs> well, shall we uh, sit down? All righty. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, And, oh, yes, I made one other little change John Alden kisses Priscilla
7: He kisses her? Uh Uh-huh Harold, isn't that going a little far for a pilgrim? Well...
6: Haven't you
5: ever heard of the pilgrim's progress? (laughs) Uh, Yes, sir, we'll start the scene with my speech Priscilla... I, John Alden, speak not for myself, but for my good friend, Captain Miles Standish.
7: Why don't you speak for yourself, John? Me? You're so handsome. Well. <laughs> the most charming man I've ever seen.
5: Sounds good. Ooh, I wrote that.
7: <laughs> You're so masterful. John. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Here it comes. Why don't you kiss me?
5: All right. Pucker up, Priscilla.
7: Oh, there's someone at the door.
1: Oh, my goodness.
7: Come in.
1: Oh, here you are. Howdy, folks. Uh, Pete, the town marshal. Hope I ain't interrupting anything.
7: <laughs> <laughs> what do you want,
1: Pete? Well, I want to talk to you boy. Uh,
7: you two big men go right ahead and talk. I'll be in the reception room.
1: Yeah. All right, Pete, what is it? You were getting pretty cozy there, weren't you, boy?
7: <laughs>
1: Priscilla and John Alden smooching on the sofa. That's a doozy. <laughs>
6: now,
1: Pete, what do you want to see me about? Well, Harold, I'm having trouble with my part in the play. I keep forgetting all that stuff you told me to do. Oh, for heaven's sake. Maybe if I put it down on my notebook, I could keep it straight. Well, all right, but hurry it up. There, I see. Now, I, I, I come in and I say... I am a trapper lost in the wood. I wonder where I am at.
6: <laughs> Don't just stand
1: there, Pete. Look around. Look around? Yeah. Let me write that down. Uh-huh. Go on, Pete. Uh, oh. Uh, oh, my. What is that behind the tree? That's where you take four steps. After I take four steps. Let me write that down. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hurry up, Pete. Now, that's when you see the bear behind the tree. The bear? Yeah. Remember, Doc Yancey is a bear. Doc Yancey is a bear. Let me write that
6: down. <laughs> uh,
1: now, uh, what comes next, Harold? Now that's where the bear growls. Grrrr. How do you spell grrrr? <laughs> Come on. Pete, will you get on with the scene? Oh, my. Here comes the bear. Grrrr. What would you say, Harold? Me growling. Oh. Got stomach trouble, boy.
6: <laughs> Pete, you're a dope.
1: Why don't you write that down? You're a dope.
6: <laughs>
1: sure, Harold, I can remember that. I'll feel
6: Yes,
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Theodora. Yes, Harold, coming. Uh,
5: sorry we were interrupted. <laughs> Shall we rehearse the scene now? All righty mm-hmm. John Yes, Priscilla
7: Why don't you kiss me?
5: All right
6: <laughs> Ye
5: gods, who's that?
7: Oh,
2: come in Oh, hello, Mr. <laughs> Edoran. Hello,
7: Dr. Yancey
2: Hello, Harold Hello, Doc what do you want, you old horse doctor? Harold, I've been working on my part of the bear all morning, and I've got some wonderful ideas how to play. Well, Doc, all you have to do is growl. Oh, I know. But there's different ways to growl, Harold. What? Now, this is an angry bear. Yeah. Now, don't let it frighten you, Miss Theodore. I'm just acting. Come on, Doc. All right. Now, here goes. Oh.
7: Oh, that was wonderful, Dr. Yankee. <laughs>
2: Thank you. I, I could also make him a, a friendly bear like this. Oh, uh-huh. oh.
6: Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> then, then, then
2: there's the melancholy bear whose mates run away and left him. He's real sad, you know. Oh, uh-huh. oh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No wonder she left it.
6: And, Harold, I had another idea.
2: What is it? Well, suppose at the end of the scene, I get up on my hind legs and recite a poem. A poem? Yes. It's a very dramatic poem called The Coward. Yep. It goes like this Some other time, Doc Jake Simpson was a coward Afraid of people half his size If a gun went off, he'd run a mile He was even afraid of flying Doc But cowards sometimes make heroes When the town was struck by flood The women deserted their children And the husbands ran off in the mud Doc When the others had fled from the flood From their wives and their little ones slid Did Jake leave his wife and his family? Bet your life he you did <laughs>
6: Doc, that's horrible. It
2: is. Oh, well, all right, Harold. If you don't appreciate art, it's all right with me. Goodbye, Miss Theodora.
7: Goodbye, Doctor.
2: Goodbye, Doctor. I'll practice some more.
7: <laughs> 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 uh,
5: well, Theodora, let's. Hello. Go. Now, who is that? Ah. Uh... Uh... Oh my goodness! The firehouse four. Well, hello, folks.
7: Hello, team. I
5: brought the boys over, Harold. Thought we might run over our number. Not now, boys.
7: What are you, cute fire that he's going to do in the show?
5: Well, ma'am, we come out dressed as Indians and sing Shortening Bread.
7: But that's not an Indian song.
5: That's the only one they know. It took them five years to learn that.
7: <laughs> but
5: Harold, we fixed the number so we'll sound like Indians. What? You ready, fellas? Mammy's little baby loves shortening, shortening.
6: Mammy's
1: little baby loves shortening bread. Ugh.
5: Look, for Nelson Eddy. Shortening,
1: Mammy's little baby loves shortening bread. Oh, Indians, I mean fellas. Put it on the skillet. Woo! Put on the lid. Boys, and bread.
5: Oog, oog yourself. <laughs> I'm getting out. Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a morning. Oog. Oh well, the show isn't on till tomorrow night. Still a lot of time to rehearse with Theodora. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
6: yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah, and I have to laugh, and I think of Stanley Peabody playing Miles Standish. He may be my boss at the radio station, but... (laughs) Emp. Oh, my goodness, Speaker Peabody, and there he is. Emp. I want to talk to you. Oh, hello, Stanley. Well, Miles Standish, have you learned your part for the play? What part?
1: (laughs) Huh?
6: When you first gave
1: me the role, I had 12 pages of dialogue. Now I can put my part on a postage stamp. And, brother, are you stuck with it?
6: (laughs) (laughs) I am unhappy with
1: my part. Do you
5: hear me? Hear you? You almost blew me across the street, Stanley.
6: <laughs>
5: I noticed you gave yourself the best role in the play. John Alden. John Alden? Oh, that isn't much of a part. Miles Standish is really the star. Star?
1: Huh. For four acts, all I do is fight Indians off stage. <laughs> well, you win, don't you?
6: <laughs> and you have
1: all the love scenes with the girl. Love scene? Well, what do they mean, Stanley?
5: Nothing. Anybody can do that. But Miles Standish is the role of a lifetime. An actor's dream. And because you're my old friend, Stanley, I gave the part to you. Hemp,
1: I'm touched. (laughs) You're a real friend. Uh... But I can't let you make this sacrifice. Mm -hmm. We'll change parts, Hemp. I want you to be the star. (laughs) And remember, you work for me, Hemp. Now, you're Miles Standish. That's an order. But... And I'll play the part of John Alden with all those silly little love scenes. But... I know we'll both be very happy with our new parts. Won't we,
0: Miles? Speak for yourself, John. (laughs) (laughs) Hee. Well, it is the night before the Thanksgiving play. The courtship of Miles Standish. But Honest Harold hasn't much to be thankful for. He wound up with the part of Miles Standish, and his boss, Stanley Peabody, is going to do all the courting. Right now, we find our disappointed lover at home, just finishing dinner before going to dress rehearsal.
4: Uh. Oh, no, Harold. You mustn't feel bad just because you're not going to play John Alden. Well... And you look so distinguished in your Miles Standish costume. Oh, I can just see you standing there, stroking your beard. Yeah, and
5: while I'm stroking my beard, Stanley will be kissing Theodora.
4: But that's just in the play. They'll only be
5: acting. I don't know, Mother. Sometimes these acting romances get out of hand. Look at Errol Flynn.
4: (laughs) Harold, I'm sure Theodora prefers you to Stanley. I don't know,
5: Mother. After all, he's a lot flashier than I am. He's the Chrysler type. What am I? (laughs) It's a 36 Essex with a bent bumper.
4: Why don't you call Theodora right now and ask the driver to rehearse them? Well... I'm sure she'd be delighted. Yeah, maybe you're right, Mother. No harm in trying.
5: Sure. Yeah. Just because Theodora and Stanley are lovers in the play, that doesn't mean anything. Hello? Hello, Theodora? This is Harold.
7: Oh,
5: hello, Angel Cake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Angel Cake, that's sweet. I was just wondering if I could drive you to the rehearsal at the high school tonight.
7: Oh, you're a darling to ask me. Oh? But I can't go with you. Oh. I'm going with Cutie Pie Peabody.
5: Cutie Pie Peabody?
7: Yes, in his little old Nile Green town and country. Yep. I hope you don't mind.
5: Mind? No, of course not. After all, what am I? Just a 36 Essex. What? Don't worry about me. I'll see you at the rehearsal, Miss Theodora. Ooh, ooh. I've lost my Theodora. Here I am with a broken heart and a bent bumper.
6: All right. Quiet.
5: Quiet, everybody. Quiet. Quiet. Will you please drop that hammer up on stage? (laughs) A little close, too. Thank you. Now, this is the final dress rehearsal of our play, so let's get on to business, folks. First, we'll see if everybody is here. Gloria? (laughs) Uh, Giggling Gloria. Pete? Here, boy.
1: Doc Yancey? (laughs) (laughs) Firehouse 4. Indian? Oh, Indians Okay, fellas yep. Manny's little baby
6: loves shortening, shortening boys little baby loves shortening bread. Um. That will
1: do
5: Priscilla and John Alden Theodora and Stanley Those are out joyriding in Stanley's town and country Well, who cares? We'll start without them On stage, everybody Where's my megaphone? All right, Raymond Overture
2: Okay, cuz Take it, men
5: That sounds pretty good. (laughs) That'll set the mood. Yeah, sure. Oh!
2: Heaven's sake! Raymond! Raymond! Cut that out! Stop it! What's the matter, cuz?
5: For your information, Raymond, the pilgrims did not go in for Dixieland. And take that derby off that cornet. You got enough funny hats in this show now. Okay. Now we'll take the prologue. Pilgrim Maid, Gloria.
7: Oh, oh, me, Yeah, yes, you. <laughs> Gee, I don't know if I can do this.
5: <laughs> Come on, Minnie, ha.
7: Alright. <laughs> I am just a pilgrim maid. That's right. Who came from across the sea. Good. Uh, across the sea. Uh, Across the sea
5: You've crossed the sea three
7: times (laughs) (laughs) Now,
5: go on, Gloria
7: Oh, Oh. and when we landed on the shore We saw the... We saw the...
1: Indians Indians Indians? Okay, fellas What? Mammy's little little
6: baby Oh, quiet (laughs) (laughs) And when we landed
8: on the shore
5: Never mind, Gloria You'll never make it We'll take it later Oh, Theodora and Stanley.
2: <laughs> you say the cutest thing, Stanley Wanley.
5: Stanley Wanley.
6: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
5: oh, hello, Ham. Uh, hello. I hope it wasn't too much trouble for you to attend our rehearsal, Mayor.
7: Why, Haroldy Waroldy, I believe you're jealous.
5: Jealous? I am not. That's ridiculous. Just thinking about the show, that's all. On stage, everybody, immediately.
7: All right, Harold. Come
5: on, Theo. Theo, eh? Certainly getting familiar. We're ready, Hemp. We're ready, Hamp. (laughs) All right, Miss Theodora. Stanley, we'll take your scene from the very beginning. Oh, we know
1: the beginning. Why don't we start where we sit on the sofa?
5: On the sofa?
1: Yes. You know, the part you (laughs) rewrote. I hate him.
9: (laughs) Priscilla... I have come to speak for my friend.
7: Why don't you speak for yourself, John? Me? John, you're so handsome.
5: Handsome? I've seen better-looking skeletons than him.
7: <laughs> you're so strong, so masterful.
5: Ah, Sneaky imitator.
7: <laughs> John, John, my darling.
5: Mm, I can't stand this.
7: John, why don't you kiss me?
2: All
6: right, cut. Help! <laughs> I
1: insist on finishing this scene. Yeah, but I have to rehearse my part, Stanley. Miles Standish. <laughs> Your part, yes. All you do is stand off stage and fight Indians. Indians. Okay, fellas. Man man baby short and short and why are you cold? Baby Keep it up, fellas. I'll sing it with you.
5: Man man baby baby short and short and Well, show's getting off to a good start Overture's going fine I'll just take another peek through this hole in the curtain now Well, a lot of people out there Well, Captain Miles Standish, the show must go on
3: That's the first portion of the Harold Perry Show with a Thanksgiving program from 1950. More after these words. More Hollywood
1: 360 after these important messages.
3: Do you love classic radio shows? Now you can receive 10 classic radio shows on 5 CDs every month by joining the Classic Radio Club. Hi, I'm Carl Amari. I've started the Classic Radio Club so fans can receive the best of the best from my library each and every month. Join now and receive your first 10 classic radio shows on 5 CDs, a $39.95 value for only $4.99. Then every month, I'll hand select 10 more of the greatest classic radio shows and mail them to you on five cds every show will be superior sound quality and you'll never receive a duplicate show log on to classicradioclub.com to join and receive your first 10 classic radio shows on five cds for only $4.99 that's classicradioclub.com or call toll-free 888-642-6556 that's 888-642-6556 And now back to
0: Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari.
3: Now let's get back to the Harold Perry show.
0: David, okay, finish the overture. This is it.
3: Pull up
5: the curtain. Gloria, where are you? Here I am. Uh, go out on the stage. You're the prologue.
6: I feel so silly. <laughs> Stop that
5: giggling, Gloria, and get out there. All right. Uh, hope she doesn't fall in the footlights. Or do I?
7: I'm a little pilgrim, maid. Well,
5: oh, hello, Raymond. Hello,
7: Gloria.
5: Gloria. Shh. Oh, Harold. <laughs> she's, got, she's got the giggles again. Curtain. <laughs> yeah, quartet's on next. Where are those Indians? Hey, Firehouse 4. We're right here, Harold. Oop. Don't sneak up on me with those moccasins on. Now, don't forget, boys, you back me up on my solo first, then you do short and grand. Okay. Curtain. Come on, boys. Follow me. Ah, Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Glad you recognized me with this beard. (laughs) I love you as I never
6: loved
5: before. Since first I met you on the village green.
6: To me or my dream of love is o'er. I love you as I love you When you
5: were sweet Hey, what's that? Well, that's the fire bell, boy. Oh, my goodness, what a time for a fire to break out. Must be a short circuit at the beauty shop again. Follow me, man. Boys, Indians!
1: Hey, we'll break down the doors with our tomahawks.
5: Fellas! Fellas! Ugh curtain.
1: Next scene, quick. The trapper and the bear. Places? Ready? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready, boy. How about you, Doc?
6: <laughs>
1: okay, curtain.
5: Okay, Pete.
1: Uh, I am a trapper lost in the woods. I wonder where I am at. This is where I look around. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well,
5: he's doing the stage direction too.
1: Oh my! What is that behind the tree? Take four steps. (laughs) (laughs) What was that? A bear.
6: A bear!
5: Go on, Doc. Go on, Doc.
2: Growl. Oh, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) Harold, Harold, I forget what I'm supposed to say next. (laughs) Get off the stage. Get off the stage. (laughs) (laughs) I can't think of a thing. Ain't I the dodo
5: bird? Get off of there before you get the bird. He gods, will somebody say something? Don't I hear it, I'll save
2: the day. What? Gay Simpson was a coward. Whoop. Afraid of people have his side. Oh. If a gun went off, he'd read a lie. Curtain!
6: Why?
5: Oh, brother, what a night. Thank goodness it's almost over. Now I've gotta watch that courtship scene with Stanley and Theodora that I wrote.
6: Hmm.
5: Look at her out there at the spinning wheel. Gosh, she looks pretty. How could she be so fickle? (laughs)
6: Out
1: of my way. Out of my way, Hemp. I've got to make my entrance. Oh, hello, Stanley. Uh, Well, Captain Miles Standish, I'm going in and kiss your girl now.
5: (laughs) Hope he gets a run in his stocking.
7: (laughs) Oh, that must be John Alden now. Come in, John.
8: Coming, Priscilla.
7: John!
1: Priscilla, I must talk to you.
7: Come, sit on the sofa.
5: Lounge lizard.
7: (laughs) All righty. John, you are so handsome in your pilgrim suit.
5: Handsome? Looks like an ad for Quaker Oats.
7: (laughs) (laughs) You are so strong.
6: Uh,
5: Here comes the kissing scene. I'll close my eyes
7: masterful. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, yes, I am. But I, John Alden, speak not for myself, but for my good friend Captain Miles Standish, who waits without.
0: You said it.
7: (laughs) Captain
1: Standish is more handsome, strong, and masterful
2: than I.
7: He is? (coughs) Uh Then why don't you send him in? Uh, What? Come in, Milesy-Wilesy.
5: What are you doing? See, that's me. Hey, coming, Priscilla uh, uh, Priscilla
7: Kiss me, Miles Standish.
5: You said it, step aside, John, old boy uh, Just a minute, Hemp Miles Standish never got the girl You don't know your long fellow but You don't know this short fellow <laughs> <laughs> Uh, pucker up, Priscilla mm-hmm. You go out and fight Indians, John Must have been a false alarm <laughs> Our cast, Gloria Holiday, Joe Kearns, Jane Morgan, Parley Bear, Olin Soleil, Mari Alden, Eddie Firestone, Harry Stanton, and the Fireboys, our writers, Gene Stone and Jack Robinson, our director, Norman McDonald, Jack Meek, and our musical director, Dave Light on sound, Joe Swiger, our engineer, Bob (laughs) Lamond, our announcer. I'd like to thank everybody connected with the promotion of the Laugh Contest. You were wonderful, and wish you all a happy Thanksgiving. Good night, folks. You have been listening to the
1: Harold Perry Show, Honest Harold. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
3: And that's the Harold Perry Show from November 22, 1950, a Thanksgiving play starring Harold Perry. Also in that cast, Jane Morgan, Gloria Holiday, Joseph Kearns, Harley Bear, and Eddie Firestone is heard on CBS. Before we tune in to the Aldridge family, I want to remind all of our listeners about our classic radio club. You can go to our website, learn all about this fantastic club, that we have set up for you, our listeners. Go to ClassicRadioClub.com. Start receiving classic radio shows sent to your home on five CDs. Ten shows on five CDs every single month for a very, very low price. Just go to ClassicRadioClub.com. And we send you only the best shows from my library of over 100,000 master recordings. So the quality is going to be amazing. Amazing. Go to classicradioclub.com. All right, time now for the Aldrich family. This is the last turkey. There's only one turkey left, Lisa, and two families have to fight over it. Bobby Ellis stars. Here's part one of the Aldrich family.
0: Yes, it's The Aldrich Family,
1: Is transcribed, written by Clifford Goldsmith. 117 Elm Street in Centerville is a house like many other houses, and it might be a very solemn and staid place if there weren't a boy in it. And when that boy is a typical teenager like Henry Aldrich, well, it's a place where unexpected things are always happening. The scene opens in one of Centerville's grocery stores time is afternoon
10: hello 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 mother this is henry who henry henry aldridge your son
8: oh is everything all right dear are you all through at the store
10: practically i just wanted to tell you though they're all out of mincemeat and i've been to two other stores what's that
8: they don't have any mincemeat at all
10: no mr preston said people shouldn't let their shopping go till the day before thanksgiving he said that but
8: dear i don't care what he said it's going to be a blow to your father but I guess he'll have to be satisfied with pumpkin
10: pie. I know, but they don't have any pumpkins either.
8: Don't they have any canned pumpkin?
10: Oh, canned pumpkin?
8: And, Henry, have you picked up the turkey?
10: No, not yet. I haven't been over to that side of the store.
8: Well, dear, you go over there just as soon as you hang up and tell Mr. McGill you want the turkey I ordered three weeks ago.
10: Yes, Mother. Only how about sage?
8: What about it?
10: Hey, Henry. What do you want, Homer? When you get through with that phone, I want it.
8: What's that, Henry? Henry.
10: Mother, I said, what shall I do about sage? They're all out of it.
8: Henry, they can't be.
10: Mr. Preston said it's a kind of the late shopping.
8: Well, dear, you ask Mr. Preston whether he can't fix up Mrs. Aldrich with just a little sage for her Thanksgiving dinner. I'm sure he has some put away somewhere.
10: Listen, Henry, when can I use that phone? <laughs> hey, whiz, Homer, can't you see I'm talking to my mother?
8: What's that, Henry? M-
10: nothing, Mother. I'm just talking to Homer.
8: Henry, you aren't fooling around down there with. You. What's that? It sounds to me like you haven't done any of the shopping I sent you to
10: do. Well, I'm doing the best I can, Mother. Gee whiz, all I've got is two pair of hands. Listen, Henry, I've got to use that phone.
11: Well,
8: please hurry there and don't waste any time with Homer. But Mother. Goodbye.
10: Goodbye.
11: Boy, Henry, it's about time. Gee whiz, Homer, you have to push your guy right out of the booth. Don't speak to me. Don't say a word. I'm trying to remember five different things to tell my mother. Gee, I got to get some sage.
8: Number, please.
11: Mm, squash, chestnut, cinnamon. Number, please. Uh, cinnamon. This I mean, uh, <laughs> operator, just make it plain 232 two without the cinnamon.
8: May I have your number, please?
11: I told you. 232, two, Elm. Elm,
8: 232.
11: Two. Gee whiz, now I've forgotten our whole Thanksgiving dinner. Squash, chestnuts, cinnamon. Oh, boy. Squash, chestnuts, cinnamon. Hello? Yeah, listen, Mother, what came after cinnamon? What's
7: that? Who did you want?
11: Isn't this my mother?
7: Well, yes, Homer, it is. Have you got everything for our
11: dinner? Well, the only thing on your list that they've got is breadcrumbs and cleaning powder.
7: Well, did you get them? Well, yes,
11: but it isn't much of a Thanksgiving dinner.
7: What's
11: that? Oh, boy, cranberries. What? I just happen to remember cranberries. That's what came after cinnamon. Well, what about them? I can't get any. Oh, now,
7: Homer, they must have at least a few cranberries.
11: No, they haven't. Henry Aldridge got the last half pound.
7: What's that? Oh, Homer, you aren't wasting your afternoon with Henry Aldridge,
11: are you? No. Only, gee whiz, he bought the last cranberries.
7: Well, dear, I don't see how he can have turkey without cranberries.
11: Well, you don't have to worry, Mother. I've got something even better.
7: Oh, that's good. What'd you get? Ketchup. (laughs) Ketchup? To go with turkey? Oh, well, I like
11: it on anything. And so does Father. I know, dear. And it's red. If you pour it on corn kernels, it looks just like cranberries.
7: (laughs) Oh, Homer, did you tell Mr. McGill you want our turkey?
11: Well, that's another thing. There's only one.
7: Well, one is all
11: we want. No, I mean one turkey for everybody. And Mr. McGill isn't sure, but he's pretty sure Mrs. Aldridge reserved that.
7: Now, dear, Mrs. Aldridge didn't reserve that turkey any more than I did. I asked Mr. McGill to put it aside for me weeks ago. You did? Yes. Now, run right over and tell
10: him. Hey, Homer, i got to use that phone again. Just a minute, Henry.
7: Homer, (laughs) is Henry Aldridge there? Well, yes, Mother. Well, he hasn't got hold of that turkey, has he?
11: Just a minute. Henry, what's in that big bag there? Squash. Now, hurry up, Homer. Mother, it's all right. It's squash. Oh, Homer,
7: did you get any squash?
11: Well, that's what I was going to tell you. They don't have the kind you wanted. Look, shall I get the kind Henry got?
7: you get any kind, just so long as your father has a good squash when he sits down with
6: his
10: turkey. <laughs> okay. Uh, Homer, will you let me have that phone? Okay, here. Well, thanks. Hello?
7: Hello?
10: Listen, Homer, why are you handing me your mother? Well, hang her up.
7: What? <laughs> <laughs>
10: Goodbye, Mother. Boy, will
11: I be glad when Thanksgiving is over. Homer, will you please get your oranges and flour and stuff out of this booth? I'm getting them out, Henry. Listen, where did you get that squash? There aren't any anymore. There aren't? Henry, I'm getting sick of you taking the last everything in this place. Homer,
10: you got to keep your eyes open around here. Number, please. Elm
2: 303. Elm 303. Just a minute there, Aldrich. What's that? What do you got there in your hand?
10: A can of pumpkin. It was the last one on the counter. I'll
2: say it
1: was. I've been looking all over for it. For this? That's part of Mrs. Bartlett's order. Now give it to me.
10: Oh, well, gee whiz.
8: Hello?
10: Hello, Mother. What do you think just happened?
8: Dear, what is it you want now?
10: Well, I was going to ask whether one can of pumpkin would be enough.
8: Oh, I guess I could make a pie with one can.
10: But Mother, they just took it away from me. What? The man said Mrs. Bartlett saw it first.
8: Dear, do you realize tomorrow is Thanksgiving? It sounds to me as though you aren't even trying.
10: Mother, you'll be glad to hear I got a lot of parsley.
8: Parsley?
10: There doesn't seem to be much of a demand for that. I took six pounds.
8: <laughs> Henry, do you have our turkey?
10: Oh, yeah, gee whiz.
8: You say you have it?
10: No. Uh, I mean, I'm glad you reminded me.
8: Well, you hurry right over to Mr. McGill and ask him
10: for it. Y- yes, Mother, I'll go right away.
8: Goodbye. <coughs> Hey, buddy.
10: Yes, sir? Did you want me? When you took that can of pumpkin, did you pick up a can of cinnamon, too? Cinnamon? No, sir, I haven't even seen any cinnamon.
2: Well, somebody took a can of cinnamon right out of Mrs. Bartlett's order.
10: Hey, Homer. What, Henry? Is Mr. McGill here at the
11: meat counter? Yeah, he's in the back room wrapping... Uh, that is, I mean, he's wrapping something up for me. Okay, I'll wait for him. Oh, he may be in there for quite a while, Henry. Why waste time? Why don't you go over to the other side of the store and do some more shopping? I finally got all mine done, except for one thing. You sure? I mean, why don't you go over and get some cinnamon?
10: They don't have any.
11: Well, sure they have. I just got a can.
10: All I have to buy is something right here for Mr. McGill. Oh, you do? Sure. Hey, Homer, before I forget, have you got your composition written for English? Oh, gee whiz, we don't have to have it ready until Monday. Well, I know, but I'm going to do mine tonight. Then I'll have a free mine for the whole weekend. Gee whiz, what's keeping Mr. McGill? I'm going to go back there and look for him. Now, wait a minute, Henry, wait. Before. for? Uh, well, the composition is supposed to be about
11: uh, what you did on Thanksgiving Day. I know. Well, how are you going to write about what you did on
10: Thanksgiving Day on the day before it? Well, I'm going to do Homer's eat. I'm going to eat turkey at noon, and then in the evening I'm going to have cold turkey, and just before I go to bed I'm going to have some more turkey. Oh, well, that's nice. Sounds like an interesting composition.
9: Uh, now then, Homer, here you are. A very nice 18 pound... Thank
10: you, Mr. McGill. Thank you very much.
9: It's the last one. It's so long, Henry.
10: Homer, you haven't told me what you're going to do on Thanksgiving Day. Homer? Gee whiz, is he in a hurry?
9: Now then, young man, what can I do for you?
8: Henry, didn't you explain to Mr. McGill that he promised me a turkey? Well, sure, Mother. And he said that he could definitely promise you one. When? The day after tomorrow. Henry, I need a turkey for Thanksgiving, not the day after. When Homer took that turkey, did you tell him he was really taking our Thanksgiving dinner?
10: Mother, I didn't have a chance to. He just grabbed it from right under my nose and ran.
8: And Mr. McGill said Homer told him we didn't want the turkey?
10: Well, Mr. McGill said Homer didn't actually say it. He, He just implied that we didn't.
8: Very well, Henry. Here's what I want you to do. You are to go over to the Browns and tell Homer's mother exactly what happened. And demand the turkey? You don't have to demand it, dear. If you just explain things, I'm sure Mrs. Brown will be only too glad to give it to you. She will? Yes, dear. Now start right away. Yes, Mother. And hurry right back with it. Yes, Mother.
6: Alice?
8: Yes, Sam? Yes, Sam?
9: Where did you just send, Henry?
8: Over to the Browns, dear, to get that turkey.
9: Now, wait a minute, Alice.
8: Dear, I'm sorry. It isn't theirs. It's ours. And we have guests coming.
9: But, Alice, the Browns are old friends of ours. You can't do a thing like that to them. Not at Thanksgiving. Besides, in all fairness, they have an equal right to that turkey. Now, the sensible thing to do is...
8: Whom are you calling? Number, please. Elm
9: 391.
8: Elm 391. Sam, you aren't inviting anyone else for dinner, are you? No,
9: Alice, I'm calling the market.
8: Dear, believe me, they don't have any more turkeys down there. Very well.
9: We'll get something else.
6: Old Hill Market, good afternoon.
9: Well, good afternoon, this is Mr. Aldrich.
1: Oh, yes, sir. I'd
9: like to place an order with you.
1: All right, Mr. Aldrich. Now
9: then, I'd like a couple of real nice roasters. What's that? Roasting chickens, say, five or six pounds each.
11: But, Mr. Aldrich, where am I going to get What's that? There isn't a chicken left in the place.
9: Oh. Well, then you'd better make it a couple of good-sized ducks. Personally, I like duck just as well as turkey.
1: No ducks, Mr. Aldrich.
9: No ducks. Now, wait a minute. You must have something tomorrow's Thanksgiving.
1: I know, Mr. Aldrich, but it seems like everybody waited till the last minute to do their shopping. My wife and I are having
11: salmon.
9: (laughs) We're having company for dinner.
11: I'll tell you what I can do, Mr. Aldrich. How would you like me to cut up a nice oxtail for you? (laughs)
9: Oxtail, what for? For
11: Thanksgiving It isn't the same as chicken But it makes a dandy stew And very nourishing
9: Yeah, Yeah, well, just skip the whole thing
8: Now, will there be anything else, Mr. Aldrich?
9: No, thank you I guess you've got everything Goodbye
8: Goodbye Alice Which did you get, Sam? Chickens or ducks?
9: I've been thinking it over, Alice And it seems to me You have a perfect right To demand that turkey from the browns
8: And dear, that's exactly what I told Henry to do
9: Good but when Henry comes back with it, the thing to do is to call the Browns and insist that they come over here and have Thanksgiving with us.
8: But Sam, that turkey isn't large enough for all of their guests and our guests, too.
9: Oh. Well, that's too bad. I hate to see the Browns go without... Yeah, I'll answer
8: well, of course, if we serve plenty of muffins and yams, we might be able to stretch it.
9: Hello? Is this you, Father? Yes, Henry, where are you? i have
10: downtown. Well,
9: hurry on home. Don't dawdle with that turkey.
10: Father, I'm dawdling without the turkey. What? They wouldn't give it to me. Mr. Brown said they bought and paid for the turkey and that's all there was to it.
9: Oh, he did.
10: Father, isn't there any other place to get a turkey?
9: I'm not interested in any other turkey. We're going to have that one the Browns have and we're going to eat it tomorrow. Alone. They're not invited.
10: You
9: want me to go back and tell them? No, I'll take care of it. Father, I'm
10: going to go back to see Homer anyhow.
9: Never mind that, Henry. You come right home. My father. Henry. Yes, sir. I'll be right
8: there. Alice. Yes, Sam. What's the matter?
9: I have tried to be patient. I have tried to be considerate. Now I am going to do something.
8: What?
9: Here, Alice. Take this phone. I want you to call the Browns and demand our turkey.
6: <laughs>
3: That's the first portion of the Aldrich Family Good Thanksgiving show from November 23rd, 1952. We'll have more of Hollywood 360 after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages.
12: Hi, this is Sarah Knight-Adamson. I'm the national film critic for the website sarahsbackstagepass.com. I'm a member of the Broadcast Film Critics Association in L.A. and a voting member of the Critics' Choice Film Awards. Coming up next, you'll hear a film review of a movie that's playing near you. The Wife. It's rated R. It's a drama by Sony Classic Pictures stars Glenn Close as Laura, a ghostwriter for her husband, Joseph, played by Jonathan Price. The film starts with a late-night call from Sweden. As Joseph receives the news, he's been selected for the Nobel Prize in Literature. What should be a joyous occasion turns into an opportunity for Laura's bottled-up feelings to explode. Christian Slater co-stars as a biography author, and he suspects that Laura is the true writer. In this excellent drama, Glenn Close gives the best performance of her career. Let's take a listen.
1: I am aware of Joe's various indiscretions. His affairs have nothing to do with you. That's a
8: deep-seated fear of inadequacy. Don't paint
12: me as a victim. I am much more interesting than that. Glenn Close's real-life daughter, Annie Stark, plays her mom, Laura, in the film. She's the younger college version. Here's another clip. Don't walk away from me! I can't do it anymore. I can't take it. I can't take the humiliation.
1: What are we doing? John, we're not bad people. I think you are sick and tired.
12: The bottom line, I'm way in. Three and a half stars out of four. Glenn Close will be nominated for an Academy Award. You know, she has six other Oscar nominations. Let's just hope it's her turn this time. Check out my written review of The Wife on Sarah's BackstagePass.com. See you next week.
3: And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Well, next time, it's the conclusion to the Aldrich family. Then, Margaret O'Brien stars in a Thanksgiving tale, well calculated, to keep you in suspense from 1948. That's next time here on Hollywood 360. We'll see you then.